Hello and welcome to another Dynetcast podcast. I'm your host, Francisco Chavez. And uh, in this podcast, we'll have a special guest, which I will later introduce in the episode. The Dynetka we'll discuss today is called Resourcefulness. It goes like this. Sylvia says, How was the dance recital? Fabian replies, It was a complete mess. The composer decided to replace the musicians with a bunch of random tools and materials. Can you believe this? Sylvia replies, What? How did he do that? Accompanying the riddle, we have an image. I will describe the image for you. So, the image is a kind of destroyed stage. We have a lot of materials. We see paintbrushes, we see a ladder. The background is a musical score. We see screws. So, in short, uh, there was a kind of disaster in the stage. It seems like a poorly decorated stage or damaged. The questions that we have to find out is why did the composer decide to replace the musicians and how can tools and materials replace them? Before I'll tell you the answer, I'll start by reading the Rigolettos, our secret hints. The first Rigoletto says you have to work with what you have. It seems that there was not a lot of stuff available, so the musicians or the composer had to work with the tools, the stuff that they had. So there was kind of some limitation, maybe financial limitation, I don't know. The second Rigoletto says the key to success is good preparation. So it means the musicians have to be well prepared or something. The third Rigoletto says, did you hear a piano? No. And so the third Rigoletto points us that there is a piano in the story that was not heard. Now that I told you the three Rigolettos, the three secret hints to solve this riddle, feel free to pause the audio and try to come up with an idea of what might have happened. I will now read the answer. A musician was invited to accompany a ballet performance. The original idea was to use a group of percussionists, each using several instruments. The budget was very limited, and the stage was poorly organized and very small. There was no room for a percussion group. There was only enough space for a piano and a dancer on that tiny stage. With these limitations, the composer had an idea. He put pieces of rubber, plastic, bolts and screws in between the strings of the piano. This created a percussive sound, making the piano emulate a percussion group whenever the pianist hit the keys. Like that, one pianist could replace several percussionists. These technical and budget limitations led American composer John Cage to develop the idea of the prepared piano, inspired by the sounds of Balinese gamelan. The most famous pieces using this technique are the sonatas and interludes for prepared piano. We will now listen to an excerpt of one of these sonatas and then I will introduce you our, to our special guest. Thank you. 
Welcome back. I am now with Portuguese pianist Mariana Miguel. I consider her an expert when it comes to prepared piano. I know that she likes prepared piano a lot, so I invited her to this podcast. Welcome, Mariana. Thank you. Why do you like prepared piano so much? Uh, because it gives you a lot of different possibilities for what a piano might sound like. When did you discover this story by John Cage? I discovered it by reading the um, uh, Bunger, I think is his name, um, book called The Well-Prepared Piano. It's a sort of a workbook where he gives you a lot of um, hints on what you might do with a piano and what Cage was doing at the time. And he professes the book uh, by saying uh, this uh, anecdote about Cage. So Bunger was like, a, a, let's say, a, a, a scholar of the prepared piano and made a book about it after John Cage came up with the idea. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Okay. And uh, how do you use the pre prepared piano in your music? Well, in a lot of ways, but mainly I just like to experiment a lot. So uh, try to come up with new things that you can put on the piano. I'm very much concerned with uh, finding materials that won't ruin or harm the, the piano. So it's interesting to try to look at different objects on stuff that uh, maybe it's part of your day and that you can perhaps find a use for it in your instrument. Do the objects that John Cage uses Uh, damage the piano? Not really. Uh, it depends on how long you use them for. Uh, so anything that's uh, harder than the materials that the piano is made uh, of, like the strings, uh, metal strings and copper strings, if you use anything harder than, than that, like if, for instance, you had lots of diamonds and you wanted to use them, mm -hmm. of course, the that would harm the piano and so uh, metallic screws and anything of, of the sort uh, must be used with caution. Have you harmed a piano in the past? I have. Uh, not, it wasn't uh, a really serious thing. I just put a screw um, a little bit farther than I should have and I left a, a mark on the soundboard. Did you cry that day? No, I didn't actually. Was it your piano? <laughs> no. <laughs> So that's why you didn't yeah, cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. but it, it, it wasn't serious. It's just something that visually uh, is not very nice to look at. Okay, but you didn't get in trouble for that? No, I didn't. I didn't. It doesn't make any difference. It was really, really small thing. Okay. And is there like a favorite sound that you would like to show us, maybe from one of your compositions? Yeah, I, I think that the, the Balinese gamelan sort of uh, things are really interesting because they have lots of harmonics and you can listen to a whole set of notes just by playing a single key on the piano and that's really interesting. So maybe let's uh, listen to a tiny excerpt of Balinese Gamelan. Yeah, to compare it. To compare it, yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
after hearing the Balinese gamelan, maybe we listen to one of your compositions also inspired in these sounds. Yeah. How is this composition called that we're going to, going to listen? It's called Fog. So I hope you enjoy Fog by Mariana Miguel. This track, Fog, this song, piece, however you want to call it, is part of your album, Piano Oceano. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, uh, I can start by saying that Piano Oceano means uh, ocean piano. And I chose that name because I decided to um, write uh, and play an album of uh, my own music. And I decided that my main inspiration was uh, the water and different kinds of water, different uh, means of getting water or interacting with water because that was something that I was working on uh, in another uh, theatrical project and so I, I was uh, really inspired by that universe and thinking about that 
uh, and I decided that it would be fun to do water-inspired music. So basically it's music that sounds like water, not that you use water in the piano yeah, in I, any I, way. Yeah, yeah, not, not really. <laughs> that would definitely harm the piano and I'm not interested in that. Um, I don't think it really sounds like water, but that was my main inspiration. So I'm not sure that people will think or will listen to it and uh, be thinking about water, but uh, that was my main idea. We already listened to your track Fog, which is also kind of condensed water, we yeah. might say. So we heard water in its condensed state. How do you think water sounds like? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can, I can uh, tell you that I've done uh, some musical research or uh, audio research on water and playing with water because I'm also a percussionist. Um, so that's what I think of when I think what water sounds like. But I can uh, point you to another track called Aguas Mil, which uh, roughly translates as Waters a Thousand. <laughs> it's uh, part of a saying we have in Portuguese, uh, which goes like this, Em Abril, Aguas Mil, which means in April it showers a lot, it rains a lot, um, and so a thousand waters. Um, that one is something that I think water sounds like when raindrops fall. So we will now listen to Aguas Mil. Aguas Mil by Mariana Miguel. So now we just heard 
Águas Mil, by Mariana Miguel, Water in its Liquid State, according to, according to Mariana, right? Yeah. Have you tried out um, other Danetkas, other riddles? I have uh, some of them. I don't think I've gone through them all, uh, but this one's my favorite, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yes, that's why I invited you for <laughs> exactly for this one. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to say before we close this episode on the prepared piano by John Cage? Maybe how John Cage influenced you or maybe another anecdote or fun fact that you might mm -hmm. have about the prepared piano? Uh, just that uh, I started this research about the prepared piano for my master's. I was really interested in experimenting new things. I think it's uh, nice to see other people discovering these kinds of stories, mainly because of the resourcefulness, right? the, the title of Noé, <laughs> isn't it? Um, of the, the Danietka, um, since that's what I'm actually interested about in, in, is in exploring new things and thinking creatively about your instrument, whether that's a musical instrument or it's just your work instrument or what you use uh, for your hobbies or something. So I hope it might inspire people to find new ways To work with things. So they become resourceful. Yeah. Like John Cage was. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's good that you're also a percussionist, so it means you can replace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this case, John Cage replaced the percussionist. Since you are a percussionist yourself, you're putting yourself unemployed. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you so much um, for being a guest in this podcast. Thank you. And I wish you a nice day. You too. 